0: Hello and welcome to Fibber McGee and Molly from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Marcelli's orchestra, Kathleen Wells, those two harmoniacs, Ronnie and Van, and starring that ambulating Ananias, that humbug of the highways, that meretricious motorist, Fibber McGee, with his constant companion and severest critic, Molly. (laughs) Well, what are you doing, Fibber? Will you stop rattling that script in this microphone? This ain't a script. It's a road map. A road map? Yes. Yeah. You see, this here map shows Route 42 and Route 16.
1: Molly wants us to take Route 42, but I claim that 16 is more smoother, more straighter, more faster. Mr. McGee, more... I'm back
2: here. Uh, I guess you take
0: 42. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, 42 or Route 16, Marshelli and his men find it all smooth sailing. When assisted by those surf-riding surf from the surface station, dust off and Brightsky. <laughs>
2: About the weather, let it rain or let it shine, and time will bring together. This is all do a true to One kept me sailing, me sailing, one happy tide will merrily ride along.
0: We find Pipper and Molly McGee tugging down Route 42.
2: McGee? Do you hear that?
1: You mean that number three cylinder? I know. I told that fella back there to adjust the plug to the thickness of the dime, but he must use two nickels.
2: I mind the time. I don't mean a nickel, and I don't mean a dime. I mean a copper, huh? Don't look back. Ha-ha. Oh. You will go through a red light, will you, McGee? Just I tell you, that light wasn't lit, Molly. Yes, and my Uncle Tim wears the collar, but he's no heart. I tell you, McGee, we'll right, something here. All years. right, all right. over there, you. Uh, here it is, McGee. And I didn't even have time to hang out the Notre Dame tenants.
1: Don't worry, Molly. I'll
0: handle this. Good evening, Sergeant. Nice, cool evening, ain't it? Yeah. But it'll be warmer any minute. Or maybe the... Or maybe the cooler for you. Now, what's the idea of passing the red light back there, huh? Eh? Yeah, well, what's uh, your name? Uh, what's uh, your license uh, number? Where are you going? Uh, Where's your city sticker? What's the idea?
2: Well, uh, <laughs> uh, answer them one at the a time, McGee, starting with the red light. Remember?
1: <laughs> Listen, officer... Uh, don't get flipped. My name's McGee,
2: and I'm president
1: of the ITC-IOTUS&C, local eighty-two, uh-huh. which means the International Tourist Camp Inspectors of the United States and Canada. Right. I know some pretty big men around here. And... Fine.
0: The judge is six foot three. Now follow me, and no bunky business. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: awful hot driving in July, ain't it, McGee?
1: July? This here's April.
2: Sure. In the 90 days, it'll be July.
1: (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, Molly, ain't that serious? I tell you, that red light wasn't lit, and I'll plead this case till the cows come home.
2: Gavel, McGee. It's the only knock that ain't a boot. <laughs>
0: Silence in the court, officer. What's the man charged with? Passing up a red light at the junction, Your Honor. Your, Your Honor, right?
2: the, the light right? wasn't lit. <laughs> Silence.
0: That don't make any difference, Your Honor. That light ain't working right. But it's a red light, and he should have stopped it. That light ought to be fixed, Schwartz. <laughs>
2: Schwartz is it? <laughs> Let me waste and these sweet Irish minds on a guy named Swartz. <laughs>
0: Quiet. Quiet, madam. What's your name, defendant?
1: McGee. Pibber McGee, your honor. One of the old Nebraska McGee. One of the oldest and most respectable... All
0: but... right, never mind. Huh? I realize that it's difficult to see that light at the junction. Nevertheless, we must impose caution on all motorists. And it is obvious that it is a red light, lit or not. Now. What have you to say, McGraw? McGee, it is. And I got this here to say.
1: I'm a law-abiding citizen, and that's their red light wasn't lit. If it had to have been lit, I'd have known it was a red light. But a red light that ain't lit ain't a red light. On account of because the light that ain't lit ain't a light. And if it's got to be lit to be a red light and ain't lit, then it ain't a red light. If a red light is the kind of a light a red light ought to be, it'd be a lit light, not a dead light. A dead red light ain't no more a red light than a lit light is a dead light. And I claims that any time my headlight sees a dead light, red light or no red light, and I ride right by the light, I'm in my right.
3: Come on,
0: Molly. Well. <laughs> well, Fibber, what are you doing back here? The last time I saw of you, you were before a Justice of the Peace. Yeah, but... You see, me and Molly decided there wasn't
1: no justice.
2: So oh, we're going to sing a piece.
1: Yeah. No rattler could rip her, no python could nip her, for she was the last word in class. Sweet, glossy farmer, the lovely snake farmer who fell for a snake in the grass. <laughs> she shunned all the geezers on the flying trapeziers and let all the acrobats pass. Ah, but sweet, frosty farmer, the lovely snake charmer went boom for a snake in the grass. Take <laughs> it away,
2: Molly. He didn't care for his flying otter muscles. Yadda da da, yadda da, king, Nice boy. He didn't care for his hip, for bottom muscles. Yadda da, yadda da, whoop. That's
1: it, stuff, Molly. She flittered and fluttered at each word he uttered. The scoundrel had plenty of brass. He
2: did that.
1: But when they started kissing, the snake started hissing.
2: For he was a snake in the grass. <laughs>
1: no poor constrictor has slapped her or kicked her. <laughs> she had them all doped up with gas. <laughs> but sweet glossy farmer, the lovely snake charmer, was doped by a snake in the grass. Why, even the dwarfs and the giants cried out their defiance. They saw through her lover like laugh. Ah, but sweet, costly farmer. The lovely snake charmer was next for a snake in the grass. Parry <laughs> into it, Molly.
2: She didn't care for his team. I listened, yadda, 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 sing. She didn't Come care. Come on now, for Molly, the old Come on, now. Yadda, 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 sing.
1: That's the stuff. He's worthy, i him. Her salary, pay him. The snakes overheard the poor lad. And it isn't surprising They filled him with pies For he was a
0: saint. <laughs> oh, thank you, folks <laughs> A bright song with a bright finish and listen, listeners, here's the way to protect the bright vintage on your car from the ultraviolet rays of the sun now that the hot summer days are coming oh, excuse in.
1: Excuse me, Mike, Mr. Carwax.
0: Not Carwax. My name is Wilcox, Harlow Wilcox. Oh, oh yes. Yeah.
1: Well, anyhow, I don't think you're giving folks the right picture on the Johnston Gordoway. Oh, I see. I suppose you could do it much better. Oh, I ain't got the slightest doubt of it, my boy. <laughs> I'd make a kind of a story out of it, like this Once upon a time. Uh... But uh, maybe, maybe i better have a fan player. Mr. Marshmelli. Marshmelli. Oh,
2: yeah. <laughs>
1: Thanks. <laughs> Folks, once upon a time, they was two kids, Violet and Ray.
3: <laughs>
1: you get it? Violet, Ray. <laughs> they don't get it, Molly. It ain't funny, McGee. Well, sir, there was never a dull moment with Violet and Ray. They improved each shining hour, you might say, eating the finish off in cars. So one Sunday morning, Violet says to Ray, Ray, she says, I'm just hungry to spoil the finish onto a nice, shiny car. Now there's a bright, gleaming job down there. Come on, let's ruin it. Oh, Ray, says Ray. Earl. Okay, says Ray. And down they come, right onto the nice, shiny car. It wasn't no use. After ten hours, they give up. Why, shucks, says Violet to Ray, we ain't making no impression. Ain't we got any personality anymore? And Ray just laughs. Look, says he to Violet, this here car's got Johnson's auto wax onto it. That's what makes it so bright. That's why we ain't getting nowhere spoiling it. That's what you get, Violet, says Ray, for picking out this nice, shiny car. What you mean that's what I get, says Violet? <laughs> and Ray just laughs and says, for being so ultra, Violet, he says. Okay. <laughs> Fan <laughs>
0: oh, oh, Thank you, Fibber, thank you. That was terrible. Ah. Yeah, that was splendid. Well, I'm glad to
1: help you out any time, my boy. <laughs> well, <laughs>
0: well, you certainly spoiled my story, Fibber, so I'm going to ask Marcelli to give me time to think while he finds Rhythm in the Rain. shattering rhythm of the raindrops While all the to chatter, I, I walk between the raindrops I love the rhythm of the rain And met you underneath the raindrops I was a lucky colour, But underneath the raindrops We shared the same umbrella, And underneath the raindrops We learned the rhythm of the rain Just like the rain showers, each flower with you
2: I await the all when time sees the raindrop,
0: and hear the pitter patter, come out to meet the raindrop, and we can love and chatter if we sit beneath the raindrop. You'll love the rhythm of the rain. told you about Violet and Ray wasn't such a fairy tale as it sounded. Johnson's Auto Wax does protect your car so that the ultraviolet rays of the sun cannot destroy the finish. Wax actually saves the finish of your car against the onslaught of sun, rain, and road film. Now, before you wax your car, of course you'll want to take off all the old grease and dirt that's been collecting on it. The simple way to get that dirty film off is to use Johnson's Auto Cleaner. It's the easiest cleaner you ever used, and it positively will not hurt the finish. Johnson's Auto Cleaner will make your car bright as new. And Johnson's Auto Wax will keep it that way. Keep it so beautiful, the neighbors will actually believe you have a new car. Drive into a service station and tell them to make your car shine like it did the day it was first driven out of the showroom. They can do it, in short order, with Johnson's Auto Wax and Cleaner. Or, if you prefer, you can easily wax your own car. Thousands of owners are doing it. Just ask your regular dealer or service station for Johnson's Auto Wax and Cleaner. And your dealer, by the way, will give you free a can of fine-quality auto-enamel for touching up worn or rusty spots on your car. Ah, but more about this free offer later. In the meantime, I'd like to present Miss Kathleen Wells. And personally, ladies and gentlemen, I think the S is on the wrong end of that name because she certainly is swell. Miss Kathleen Wells. (laughs) Miss Wells, Miss Wells is going to sing... Well, what do you want, Fibber?
1: Oh, not you, boy!
2: (laughs) I get it. (laughs) Hi there, Stu.
1: (laughs) What you going to sing for me? If the moon turns green, Fibber. If the moon turns green. (laughs) Well, you ought to know if it doesn't know you're you're a kind of a heavenly body yourself. (laughs)
2: Fibber McGee, come with me. Well, go on and
3: turn
2: it free, too. <laughs> if the moon turns green And shadows get up and walk around clouds come tumbling to the ground I wouldn't be surprised Oh, did didn't you fall in love with me Stars turn blue And willows that we begin to sing Winter changes into three
3: I wouldn't raise my eyes
2: Cause didn't you fall in love with me I thought I was foolish To think of romance With someone so charming as you I thought I was hoping without any chance But every hope came true If the moon turns green And rivers begin to flow upstream And this is all a crazy dream I wouldn't be
3: surprised
2: Cause anything can happen if you can fall in love with me. Oh, I believe in miracles.
3: Honestly, I do. No wonder I get miracles
2: about that certain miracle that gave me. Someone is charming at you. Thought I was hoping without any plan. But every hope came through. If the moon turns green, and rivers begin to flow upstream, and this is all a crazy dream. Anything can happen, dear, if you can fall in love.
0: where well, a vocal triangle, finds that love is just around the corner.
2: You know? Well we don't do
0: And Molly, still chugging along and pulling into a filling station. Uh, Good evening, sir. Gasoline?
1: Sure, fill it up. I'm halfway. Yes,
0: sir. Uh,
2: need
1: the oil? Do I need oil, Molly?
2: Ha! I don't know, but Where do you sweep? <laughs>
1: no oil. Nice little station you got here, son. Yep, yeah,
0: but I'm building onto it next month so I can handle washing and waxing.
1: Ooh, been in business long? Oh,
0: ever since I got out of the army. Don't
1: tell me you was in the army. Sure. What division?
0: The, the Rainbow. Why?
1: Well, they had a swell record, boy. <clears throat> I was into the intelligence myself. The
0: what, McGee? The
1: intelligence. The what? The infantry. <laughs> <laughs> that is, at first, and then I was into the cavalry and the navy and the foreign legion. By jing, boy, there's a great outfit, the foreign legion. You know, the foreign legion is the toughest, hardest-boiled bunch of fellas in the world. Most of us went into it to, to forget. Just just forget. Well, what were you forgetting, sir? I forgot.
2: You forgot what, McGee?
1: I forgot what I went in to forget.
2: <laughs>
1: That's why I re-enlisted. See if I could remember what I joined up the first time to forget.
2: <laughs> what was that, an army or a memory course, McGee? Ah,
1: uh, I'll never forget one thing, no. What was that, sir? Ehrmantrude.
2: Aha! Apparently. Uh,
1: Well, in a way, Ermintrude was a camel.
2: Oh.
1: A girl camel. (laughs) You see, I was assigned to the third camel course. Four, Mrs. These were camels, not apples. (laughs) Ermintrude was a racing camel I had. Real sweet-tempered camel, as camels go.
2: And did she go?
1: No, but I did. Oh, so, so you left
0: the foreign legion.
1: Yes, and the hardest thing I ever done was to part with old Ermentrude. Oh, no, my. No. Ah, many's the time we used to ride over the desert together in the gloaming. Many's the time I'd get off to get a drink of the well into the hot sand. Then I'd put my foot onto Ermentrude's knee and say, Wasta And up she'd raise me into the saddle. <laughs> ah, yes, sir. As I says, the hardest thing I ever done into my life was to leave Ermentrude. I'll never forget how her lips kind of quivered when I said goodbye. I got a big lump into my own throat. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he swallowed his tobacco. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, sir. For the emotion. Oh. Well, sir, I left the legion. Too many foreigners into it. <laughs> but years later, I was here in New York one fall day and I went in to get me an overcoat. In a restaurant? In a restaurant. No. In a clothing store. How do you do, Mr. McGee? Says the real respectful. I was well known in New York and in them days.
2: And still he was respectful? <laughs> Well, well, what
1: happened then, sir? Well, I'm coming to it. I want over, overcoat, it says to the fellow. Okay, says he. Reaching over to the rack. Here's a snappy number in camel's hair, says he. And I looked her over. And will you believe it, son? Right square smack dab into the middle of the shoulder was a little oblong patch of white hair. It was... Ermintrude.
0: <laughs> yes, sir. It was Ermentrude
1: back with her old master again. <laughs> I put and I busted down.
0: Oh, gee, that must have been a great moment. Sure.
2: Why didn't you re enlist and forget that, McGee?
1: It was too late. Ermintrude was overcoat by then. Oh. Well, sir, I bought the coat. Yes, sir. I bought Ermintrude, and I wore her for years. It was expensive coat and I busted me, but nothing was too good for Ermintrude. Ah, sir, every time it got cold I could feel Ermintrude wrap herself around me real close. <laughs> 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 trying to snuggle up confection like she was like that he was.
2: <clears throat> How
1: much gas put him, boy?
0: Uh, uh, five gallons.
1: Oh, give her another two quarts. Might as well have enough. No,
0: never mind. <laughs> uh,
1: I don't want to crowd the tank. <laughs> How much do I owe you? Uh,
0: Ninety-one cents. Thank you. Oh, by the way, huh? uh, whatever became of Herman Truth.
1: Oh, dear. <laughs> that was the sad part of it all. One day I got caught in a revolving door... Or I'm off. <laughs> there was nothing else to do.
3: So I went out
1: and shot the coat.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, now... Ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to tell you about a free offer. Yep, next week, folks,
1: we're going to give to everybody listening in a new car. Any make yeah, yeah,
0: you ask All you got to no, do. Is... No. Hey, quit no. pushing me, Harpo. Not Harpo. My name is Harlow. Quit well, pushing, anyhow. <laughs> well, <laughs> Biver McGee is just a little bit wrong, folks. We're not giving away any free cars. But with every purchase of Johnson's Auto Wax and Cleaner, we are giving away a 40 cent can of Johnson's Touch Up Enamel. There's a brush right with the can, and it's a cinch to touch up any little scratches or broken places in the finish on your fenders or the body of the car. Now, there's a special introductory price of 98 cents for both Johnson's Auto Wax and Cleaner, and you can get the can of touch-up enamel free. Better go to your regular wax dealer or service station right away with your 98 cents and ask for Johnson's Auto Wax and Cleaner. Then, clean and wax your car the first chance you get and surprise your family with a car that looks like new. next week at this time you have a bright and shining date with Johnson's Auto Wax and Fibber McGee and Molly. This is Harlow Wilcox speaking. Good night. <laughs> this is the National Broadcasting Company.